You're listening to Along the Narrow Way, a podcast that walks you through books of the Bible verse by verse to help you dig into God's Word so you can walk along the narrow way with Christ more faithfully. Hosted by Pastor Will Russell and co-hosted by Jimmy Miller. Join them as they help us understand the Bible so we can walk more faithfully as disciples of Jesus. Tonight we'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think we left off in verse 13, but I want to kind of recap. I'm going to start in verse 7, where it's uh, treasures in jars of clay. So, first of all, I want to begin in prayer, though, before I even start. Thank you, Father, for this time to be with you and your word. And I praise you for this time to be able to study your word and, and rightly divide the word of truth by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we have this ministry of the Holy Spirit. You show this in your word. And we have this through your son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you for that. And I just pray your will be done right now and that anybody who ever hears this, if they're lost, will come to know you by the drawing power of your Holy Spirit. It's in Christ's name I'm pray. Amen. Amen. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm just going to read a little bit. Uh, if you've all ever studied with me before when I'm solo I'm I'm pretty much I'm not I'm not very long-winded so it'll probably be a pretty quick lesson you know I'm not you know brother Will can fill in the gaps a little bit better than I can but you know but I'll give you what the Holy Spirit's laid on my heart and uh we'll just see what happens so at uh, verse 7 in chapter 4 but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus Christ, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. I'm going to kind of stop right there. You know, what is the life of Jesus manifested in our bodies? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. You know, we have to remember that the life of Jesus in us is the Holy Spirit. And as a matter of fact, the life of Jesus is also the ministry of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. You know, remember that he kind of established that back there when he got baptized. Remember, all the Holy Spirit rested on Jesus and that all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him. You know, and we and God puts that very Holy Spirit that rested on Jesus in us. You know, we have we have. We have that. We're jars of clay, you know, dark at first, cracked at first, like we talked about last week. But God fills us with this light, and that light is the Holy Spirit. That was the light Jesus displayed, was the ministry of the Holy Spirit, working in and through his life, the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through his life. We've seen that. Now, he was God incarnate. We know that. But he came as an example. This is an example how we should have the Holy Spirit living in us. It should rest on us. And God should be pleased with us. You know, we should be serving. And, 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 you know, even though we're struck down and we're, we're afflicted in every way, we're still supposed to display this ministry of the Holy Spirit, the life of Jesus working in us. You know, that's, that's what I read when I see this. You know, and that's what I think Paul really displayed that. You know, the, a lot of people questioned him because he wasn't following the law and all this, but no, he was following the life of Jesus. He was following the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in his life. Yes, he was struck down, he was stripped direct, he was beaten, he was 
ultimately beheaded and killed for his faith. But he never, ever ran backwards. He always ran forward the race. A lot of people run backwards. They want to shriek back when the things go bad and wrong. And they forget that the Holy Spirit dwells, and especially Christians, when they get down, they, want to, they don't want to show the life of Jesus. And then they want to get back in their little comfort zone and just live a life that's comfortable. The Christian life's not a comfortable life. If you're comfortable in your Christian life all the time, chances are you're not displaying the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, I'm not, I'm not pointing finger. I'm just as guilty as this as anybody else in the whole world. I've, I've, I've ran from God in my life, you know, and I've missed out on a lot of rewards and a lot of things that, that he could have done with me. I see the life of Paul radically changed by Jesus Christ. And, you know, and I wish I would just would have been radically, I mean, God radically changed me, but I wish I would have went, ran forward more like Paul instead of just baby stepping it all the way streaking back a little bit, just poured myself all the way into it from the very beginning. You know, as soon as I knew, as soon as the scales were lifted from my eyes, I needed to jump right in right then. But I didn't, and I let the world come in, and it resonated my testimony for a very long time, you know, and I'm still building that back. But you got to have the life of the Holy Spirit displayed in your life. That's when you're struck down, the Holy Spirit, you got to remember, you have the Holy Spirit if you're God's child. If you're not, when you're, you're experiencing the suffering, a lot of suffering, you're, fear, you're, fear, you're experiencing punishment, and that's an everlasting punishment. That suffering will never go away until you understand and come to Christ and have the Holy Spirit indwell you. Anyway, I guess I kind of got off on a tangent there. But anyway, picking back up in verse 10. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to the death over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us. Will, will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into, the, into his presence. You see, that power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit will raise us just as he did Jesus. God raised Jesus. Jesus raised himself through the power of the Holy Spirit living in him. You see that. You see God the Father there in the beginning, approving of the Son. You see God the Son doing his work. And you see the God, the Holy Spirit, the power displayed in him all the way through his life and through his death and to his resurrection until he ascended, and when he ascended. And then, the power of the Holy, then he sent the power of the Holy Spirit to us. And that's where you have Pentecost and all that. And, you know, we got into that a little bit. And uh, we're, we're up in that in the men's group. If you're in the men's group, you know about the Pentecost thing. <laughs> These have been kind of running, this lesson has been running together for me, you know, so, it's, so everything like that. But the power of the Holy Spirit displayed in us. That same power dwells in us as soon as we trust Christ as our Savior, Lord, and God. You know, we may not feel like we're empowered just yet or anything like that, but as we walk 
in, God, in and through God's word and let God's word grow in us, we start seeing the Holy Spirit active in our lives. You know, and, it, and, that, and we can only do that by being in God's word, by being in prayer, and then acting on what God's word says. We have to live it. We have to run that race and have to keep going forward. That's ultimate victory. That's the victory, of, that's the victory Jesus has. Running the race and finishing well. I mean, we all have the same spirit of faith in verse 13. That's why we can speak the words of Christ, because we have this same spirit as he did. We can speak the words of the Father. Yep. It's in knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends more to more, more and more people, to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. You know, as we extend grace, God gets th- that grace, the power of the Holy Spirit, enables us to extend, that, extend grace to other people. And when we do that, that's thanksgiving to God. That brings glory to Him. That's why the, it's important to have the life of Jesus displayed in us so people will experience the grace of God and everything like that. People a lot of times say, I don't experience no grace from God. Well, maybe we're not giving any grace to these people. That's why they don't experience it. I don't know. Maybe that's not, I'm not saying that's how it is here at Bono, but maybe out in the world it's like that. We come into contact with people that they don't extend grace. It's a bitter world right now. There's not a lot of grace going on that I see. You know, especially political, especially with all the stuff that's going on with this war and everything. I don't see a lot of grace. You see a lot of people talking and making deals and all this stuff and wanting their way. But you don't see nobody having any grace. And it's not getting extended very much. Yet we call ourselves Christians and we call ourselves good people. You know, and it's a, you know... It's all just a, one, a good world, just have it your way and all this stuff. But it's, it, it, there's no grace in that. It doesn't get extended. And then we start losing heart. So we have to have that grace. So we don't lose heart. Though our outer self is wasted in a way, our inner self is being renewed day by day. You know, we have to remember that. Our outer self, we are dying. But we're being renewed Things don't always go well one day, but remember, there's a new morning mercy every day. And we can be renewed in God's word day by day to display the power of the Holy Spirit, to display the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. That's verse 17. Now verse 18, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transit, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We have, we cannot. When we're extending grace, we we don't ever need to get lose heart and stop extending that grace. We need to focus on the eternal things that God has prepared for us, and that will build grace in our heart. That will build the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You know, it, it may not all be good right now. It may be uncomfortable. 
It may, it, you know, all these mandates, all these things, all these illnesses we're going through. We see loved ones hurt. We think it's all just never going to get any better. But God says it will. You can be renewed in His Holy Spirit day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for you an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. The glory you will see will outweigh the evil that you see, the bitterness that you experience, the afflictions that you go through. Everything that God has prepared for you will be so much better. He promises that. That's why he says, don't look to these things that you see. We do not look to the things that, are, that we see, but to the things that are unseen. You see the things that are, un, you want to look to those because those are the things you can hope for. It's the things that you unseen, the things that God has promised you can always hope for. For the things that are seen are transit, but the things that are seen are eternal. Everything you see will perish. Everything that you haven't seen yet is eternal. What dwells in you, you have not seen yet, but it dwells in you. God dwells in you in the form of his Holy Spirit. God's never left you. God's never left this world. He's here. He's very present. He's in the presence of his Holy Spirit. That's the ministry. That's what Christ, he said, I didn't leave you as orphans. He, he never would just leave you. He's always going to provide for you himself in every way, always. We see this in the life of Paul. We see this in the life of David. We see this in the life of every single apostle. He never left them, though they left him on some occasions. But you can see in the life of Paul, if you don't ever leave Christ, he never leaves you. He never left Paul alone. Paul was always strong. Yes, he dealt with some things. He dealt with some things. And we're going to look through the life of Paul and, and all those, the thorn in the flesh that he deals with. I think I got an idea of what that is, but I'm not going to reveal that yet. I don't know, I'm not going to, I don't think, I'm not going to say I know exactly what the thorn was that was ailing him. But I kind of got an idea of what, what he was dealing with, you know. And I don't think we'll ever know exactly what the ailment was. But it was in his flesh. Just keep that in mind, the flesh. Thorn flesh. That's what you're dealing with. It's in the flesh. That's the thorn. You're like, what is that thorn? What is that thorn for you? It could have been a series of things for Paul. He was dealing with all this anxiety for the churches and stuff. You know, and I'm getting way ahead of what we're going to get into later on through the weeks and stuff, but... I mean, he dealt with a lot of anxiety and he dealt with a lot of, I mean, being shipwrecked. You know, watch, you know he was literally shipwrecked and stuff, but we're, we can be shipwrecked in so many ways. You know, and it'll shipwreck your faith if you just focus on that transit thing of being shipwrecked. I'm just shipwrecked. I'm just sitting here idly shipwrecked, just floating along, drift at sea, or whatever that sea is for you, or whatever that shipwreck may be for you. But you take your eyes off of that, you look to Jesus, and you call out to him. When Peter was sinking in the sea, he called out, and God rescued him. He set him on a mission. 
He did the same for Paul. You know, I, you know, a lot of people wonder why. Why would God use Paul? He was a, he was such a bad person. Yeah, he was doing some bad things, but he thought he was doing things for God. You see, Paul, God sees the heart. God seen a man that was willing to move forward and never backwards. He never compromised his faith. You know, you might say, "Well, he compromised his faith when he seen Jesus." No, no, he seen his faith fulfilled. And he realized that he was messing up and repented. You know, his life was shipwrecked. And he seen it then. So that when all this other transit stuff came along, it was nothing to him. He could make it through it. Because he already was shipwrecked before. You're already shipwrecked without Christ. Those who are lost are shipwrecked all the time. They're stuck. They're struck down. They're stuck. They're They're going for destruction. But those of us who have the ministry of the Holy Spirit living in our lives, we don't have to worry about that. But we do need to be extending grace to those who are shipwrecked and show them that they don't have to be shipwrecked, just as Paul shows us, as he's showing the Second Corinthian church. You're looking at all these failures of mine and all these things that I did before and everything like that, and you're questioning my faith. What about the life of Jesus that's displayed in me now? That's basically what he said. What, what do you know? Do I have to give you an excuse of why Christ changed, changed me? No. But he does. He tells them all about himself. He goes through everything as he goes through his letter. If you read all the letters of Paul, you'll see he explains himself quite well. There's no reason to question that God changed him radically. There's no reason to question that. He's got the life of the Holy Spirit. He didn't compromise. He just ran towards the prize. He seen and he ran towards it. He ran towards the the eternal. I mean, he got to see it. But he only got to see it for a little bit. But then he kept his focus on it for eternity. And then he sees, sees it now forever. As he's with Christ now as we all will be with Christ who have placed our faith in him. That very Holy Spirit will raise us up. We'll be in his presence. And it'll be all good forever. I mean, when people see the Holy Spirit working in and through us, they see God's grace in action. It draws them. That's the drawing power of Christ. Grace brings thanksgiving. And, it, and God wants to bring that thanksgiving through you to Him by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, as we see the Holy Spirit work and increase in our life, and, and we see those around us, and those around us, we see an increase in their, increase in their lives. It should give us a sense of being renewed. I mean, I always feel renewed when I share the gospel, even though I don't, may not get a, re, re, uh, a response from somebody right away. I feel renewed. I mean, I might be nervous about it. I'm ner- I was nervous before I came here. It's, you know, every time, every week, I'm nervous. It's like, it's like asking, my, asking a date out <laughs> for the first time, you know. 
It's like, oh, but you feel pretty good afterwards. You feel glad you did it afterwards. I tell you that right now. I'm nervous before I get there. It's like, oh, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? But that's when I'm focusing on me. I got to focus on the Holy Spirit. He'll give me the power to say what I need to say to the bride of Christ. <laughs> you know, I don't need to be nervous. There's no sense in that. You got to let the Holy Spirit take over. I'm not saying I've retained that or I'm perfect at that. I'm not. There's days that I'm just absolutely scared to death. As an event, like yesterday, yeah. There's all kinds of things. I'm always scared to death of stuff. But that doesn't last. Can't live in that fear. You got to move on in faith. You got to let the Holy Spirit dwell in you. Let Him speak through you. You never know who it's going to help. You never know who may overhear what you say and everything like that. You never know the example you might be setting before others or wherever you're at, and that might lead them and draw them to Christ. You know, I've had, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've felt more convicted over watching, over examples than I ever have watched, uh, hearing sermons. I mean, I've heard thousands of sermons, but I've seen not very many examples. <laughs> so when I see an example, I really watch. And that draws me, you know. That's the drawing power of the Holy Spirit. Even for Christians, you should still feel the drawing power of the Holy Spirit to do, you know, to, to guide you into doing things that you know what he's called you to do. You don't need me to tell you. You don't need Brother Will to tell you that or lead you that. You know what he's called you to do. It may not be like knocking on doors or preaching or going all over the place, but he's called you to be, to, to be an example of God's grace and his gospel, and then extend that grace to others and have the ministry of the Holy Spirit displayed in your lives. We have failed as a, we, nationwide in America, I believe, worldwide. We can just go ahead and go, we're always, we always kind of beat up on ourselves, but the whole world, the whole church has really, in the last 20 years that I've seen, has really failed to, to have the the example of the whole ministry of the Holy Spirit. They've just forgot it. You know, it's just, you know, I, I don't know how that started. I don't know what led to all that. You know, I think it's watering down the gospel and not preaching what God's word really says and then compromising our faith on a few things. That's, that's, that's hindered the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ and it's hurt us all as a whole. You know, you don't even you don't necessarily be doing it here, but if it's being done somewhere in the body of Christ, we're all affected by it. Believe it, right? It runs or it runs the testimony. People, well, well, I want to go to church. Look at what this church does. There's probably the same thing going on there. You know, people judge. You know, they do. They may say they don't. They do. We've got to be displaying that Holy Spirit. Anyway. Where was I? <laughs> Verse 18. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transit, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the, the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. There it is. See? We know if our very body is destroyed, our earthly home. This is your earthly home. Not these things that are transit, the things God has made. He made you. 
That's the home. That's, what, that's who God dwells in. He doesn't dwell, dwell in your house made with your hands. He dwells in the house made with his hand. And it, you know, but if you don't have him, then your home is being destroyed. It's not being renewed. But those of us who have the Holy Spirit, we know our heavenly dwelling. We know that if, this, that, that if we are destroyed, we have a better building for God. If we don't, we need to be in God's Word remembering that. We need to be renewing our minds in God's Word by the power of His Holy Spirit. For in this tent we groan longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. See, that's, that's another thing I think Paul, I want to point that out. Longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. I think Paul really longed to put on his heavenly dwelling because, I mean, he got to see Jesus. He got to see God's glory. And, I, and some people say he might have even been the one that he was talking about that was called up into the third heaven. I don't know that. But he did know the guy. And all the things that he heard made him long to go to heaven. But it was for better for him to stay here. He realized that. The focus was the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't done yet. We had to run that race. He wasn't just thinking of himself. He was thinking of that grace and how to extend it to others because he, he wanted people to know that they have a earthly, that they have a eternal home in the heavens, made by God's hands, eternal body waiting for them. All they got to do is receive Jesus. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked, for while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. See, your Spirit is a guarantee of your new home. It might be in this old home, but the Spirit, God's going to take His Spirit, He's going to raise you, and He's going to put, and you're going to be a new home, eternal, made by God, dwelling with Him forever. You and Him, Him and you. Perfectly one, as Christ says. Has he prayed for us? That we may be where he's at. That we be perfectly one with him. As he is with the Father. That's something to look forward to. You know? You know, we're not retaining any kind of deity or anything like that. But we're one with the Father. Him and us and us and him. God fully pleased to dwell in us. That's what Christ is leading us to. That's what his example was. I love it. I love what he's doing. I wish the world would take their minds off their selfishness and realize that God has extended grace to them by his Holy Spirit through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And people just want to take that and just ignore it. You know, some churches want to make it boring and just go through these routines and stuff like that. Step out of the box. Run the race. You know, don't, I mean, we don't want to do anything contrary to God's word. But God's word has all kinds of ways that we can be sharing his word and, 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 and extending that grace to others. I think we've been doing a pretty good job of it here at Battle the last 
few years with that C2O thing, I think we're really starting to learn how to extend that grace. Right? We're growing, but we need to keep running. We don't ever need to get comfortable in that. We need to keep growing that. That's just me, though. Maybe I'm just off on a tangent there. But that's what the Holy Spirit says to me. So if I'm wrong, you're not telling me I'm wrong. You're telling the Lord he's wrong. But he's right. He's given us the Spirit as his guarantee. All we need to do is run the race, walk the walk, extend the grace. It's important. Let's see. Where were we? A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Verse 2, for in this tent we groan longing to put away, put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may be we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. See, we need to make it our aim to please Him. Whether we're away or home, we need to make it our, way, our aim to please Him. How do we do that while we're away? By extending grace. That when we're home, He'll be pleased to dwell in us, and us to dwell with him. We want to stand before God, and we want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter the joy I've prepared for you. Enter into your new body, into your new home, with me that's eternal. That's going to, be, that's going to happen for the believer, for the Christian. Yes, we have good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one of us may receive what is due for what He has done in the body, whether good or evil. And that's where we're going to stop tonight. And I think it says it good right there. We will face the judgment seat of God. But are you going to face the good seat? Are you going to face the evil seat? That beam of seat, I don't think you want to be there. I think you want to be at the great white throne judgment. And the only way you're going to do that, first of all, those who are lost, ask Christ into your heart. Receive the Holy Spirit and start running that race. And those of us who've already done that, keep running that race. Let the, extend that grace. Run the race of grace. You always hear run the race of faith, run the race of grace and extend it to others and do it with faith. Faith in God, faith that God has prepared for you. Glory that far outweighs all this and you'll always be in his presence even right now. That's what I, that's what I pray for. Everybody in this church that they'll just be knowing that they're in the presence of God by having the Holy Spirit living through their lives. Let's pray.
Father, I just thank you for this time and I praise you for this evening and to be able to share your word of grace. And I pray that we'll, we as your body, as your church, called by your name, Jesus Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, may we display the life of Jesus, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's in Christ's name I'm going pray. Amen. You have been listening to Along the Narrow Way, hosted by Pastor Will Russell and co-hosted by Jimmy Miller. If you haven't done so, subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates on new episodes. Thank you for listening, and remember to stay faithful to walk along the narrow way with Jesus.